0: The Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast features people from the real estate community sharing real stories about their struggles, pains, and even losses during their own real estate journey. We share these real experiences so you can learn from them and build a successful journey of your own. Now, here's your host, Cody Lewis, one of the managing partners at Vindu Capital, located in Charleston, South Carolina. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to have you all here, but let me tell you, I'm even more excited for our guest today. He is a fellow podcaster and the founder of First Generation Capital Partners, Billy Kills. Billy, thanks for joining us today. How are you, sir?
1: Cody, I'm doing very well. I'm all pumped up, man. After our pre-conversation, I'm like, wow, I can't, I'm really excited about getting out here and talking to everybody. <laughs> I know, right? Listen, pulling back the curtain a little bit, Billy and I, th-
0: these are one of those times where you're like, Billy, we have to press record. Like, we're enjoying this conversation. We're we're learning a ton from each other. And like we're both, I see we're both jotting down notes. And, and I'm like, Billy, I really appreciate it. We got to press record. <laughs> so really appreciate you being here today. I know, listen, you may get one of the awards that we have, you know, the for longest distance guest. So I appreciate you you being here with us at different time zones and everything. Before we jump into it today. Love a good origin story, and hopefully people have already seen your face and heard your voice before, but just in case help our audience know you know, where you're from, how you got into real estate and what you're doing these days.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure, man. Cody, and like I said, I was super motivated by the pre-conversation. One thing before I even tell my backstory, I just would ask of your audience, because I know so many of you are listening, you're getting lots of value from Cody and the things that he's doing, what he's publishing. And I know he takes this very seriously, puts a lot of time and energy. And If you have not had a chance to leave him an honest written review as well as a rating, if you could take just a couple seconds and do that, I know it would be awesome because it's gonna help bring you exactly the type of content, the exact type of guest that you are going to get the most value from. So just as one fellow podcaster to the other and just asking that of your audience, first and foremost. The, The other thing is, as it relates to me and my backstory, I guess I can give you just a really quick version. Originally from Columbus, Ohio, the product of two very blue collar parents, worked two jobs, really put a lot of focus on education for us. By me and my brother and sister. By the time I was twelve, we'd lived in three different states from Ohio to Colorado to Texas. My parents ended up having some marital problems. They separated and got back together and separated, eventually divorced. And all that time was really put a focus on education. And so we were in really good school districts. My parents put us there, but we were not able to have the things, quote unquote, that most of the people that were around us or most of my friends had. However, we had lots of love, lots of encouragement, and that was fantastic. I got rejected twice by my dream job out of college. I went to college at Miami of Ohio, and that really crushed me because I, today, most people will know me as a recovering perfectionist. I'm very open about that now because I've finally gotten to to know myself better, but I grew up as an A student. And so always getting the, the, the test right and getting that validation was something that was good for me. So I was really crushed when I got Turned down not once but twice for my gym job at, at Procter & Gamble. But what that did actually, Cody, is it opened up the world for me because when I got rejected the second time, I ended up working for a company based out of St. Louis, Missouri, where I was working and traveling throughout some 58 countries in five years. So by the time I was 26 years old, I'd seen so much of the world that I'd never anticipated seeing. I was working with a lot of Fortune 500 CEOs and it was just absolutely phenomenal. So at the end of that, I didn't see myself going back to a normal job, went from there to actually took a one year sabbatical, moved to France. I was accepted at a university there, so I was in Paris. I learned French language and culture, wanted to learn how to salsa dance and wanted to learn how to want, learn more about wine, maybe had a glass of wine too many every once in a while, but that helped my salsa. So that was not bad. <laughs> but but one thing led to the next and I ended up staying in Europe and I left Paris, went down to the South, started in the IT industry, was, was in IT on the hardware side, eventually moved into the software side. I met a wonderful woman from Spain. I, I moved to Barcelona, Spain, where I am talking to you from today, as you mentioned, And I've been here since July of 2005, so depending on where you, when you're listening to this, you know how many years I've been here, got married, and have two children, both born here in Spain. And it's just been fantastic. Up until recently, I've I've been working in corporate life for about 26 years, and in last December was no longer part of the corporate world and have been focusing on building my own dreams, serving our clients recently. Uh, the thing that you asked me about, how did I get into real estate? I didn't know anything about real estate, but there were two events that happened. There was kind of 2000 when I lost, when a part of the dot-com bubble, 2008, I lost 33% of the value of my portfolio. And somebody who comes from a family where you don't have, where we didn't have a lot. And so when I was able to finally amass things and I lost 33% of it, it was outside of my control. I needed to kind of get more control of my life. So I started doing that. I was reading a lot of books and a lot of theory, but I didn't actually put it into practice until I missed my oldest son's third birthday. As a A student and someone who was moving up the corporate ladder, I was really focused on, you know, being sure that I was the best dad possible and also really being a great corporate warrior. I, I even deemed myself as a the happy corporate employee if people look at my LinkedIn profile up until recently, right? Because I'm no part, no longer there. But when I missed my son's third birthday, it something inside of me, Cody, just really was not right. Like I just I remember waking my wife and, and our one year old up early in the morning just to be able to give my three year old a hug and a kiss. And that night I was in this business meeting in Frankfurt and I don't remember what the meeting was today. And I say this quite frequently, but I do remember missing my son's third birthday. And so that's what took me from the theory into action. And I started actually investing in real estate. I wanted to invest here in Barcelona. That didn't work out because I was in an appreciation based market. I ended up investing back in the United States from Barcelona and most people know me for for being able to invest long distance, because I believe that you can live wherever you want to live and you invest where it makes the most sense for you, as long as you have a certain number of criteria in place. And because I started there and I continue to invest actively and passively, it's at the end of the 26 years, it's given me an opportunity to to retire from the corporate life in my forties. So that's a little bit about me and me and kind of where I am and how I I started in investing in real estate. So I know probably went a little bit longer, but thought I would give you an idea.
0: No, it's great. Listen, I, I love a good origin story. And the thing that I love is it doesn't matter really where you come from in your background. And that's why I love having people start out with that is because mm. if you have the drive and the passion and, and the the want to f- learn all this stuff from a real estate perspective, and you can move from the sidelines to the active game, anybody, it doesn't matter what you did beforehand, you can get into this and you can all set your income and, and ideally like you have overtake what you were making your other job so that you mm. can just live, off your in- real estate income. And then, you know, do we really have a job? I mean, yeah, we do. Like we're yeah. working hard, we're doing all this stuff, but it's not like the corporate grind and the yeah. all the stuff. So, Very different. you know, it, your story resonated with me so much because I'll never forget, I started one of my corporate jobs and I love this company I work for. I love everything that I did about it. And it was a mm. great time in my life. But when I went into training, this gentleman that was training me, great guy, still stay in contact with him today. He, he told me, he said, listen, if you're going to climb the corporate ladder, you a, a, as a male who recently married at that time, didn't have kids, but he's like, if you want to have kids, you need to make a decision. You either, mm-hmm. You're going to either be a great dad or you're going to be a great employee. He said, you don't have time to do both. He said, you can be a great employee and a good, good, good to mediocre dad, or you can be a great dad and a good to mediocre employee. Mm-hmm. And that always stuck with me. Like, why does that have to be the case? Mm. And and I never at that time was able to take action. I didn't know what action I could take to overcome that, but that always stuck in the back of my mind uh, as something like there's got to be something like there's people are doing other things. I don't want to have my then future children miss any events or anything like that. So it was, I love the story and it resonates super well, but Listen, you've done a lot of great things. I would love to sit here and just list those out and just pick your brain about all the amazing (laughs) things that you've been able to do, especially so remotely, right? Investing back in the United States. But today we're a little different. Talk to me about when you were reading the description of the show and thinking about that kind of stuff, what kind of unsuccesses that you've had in your career in real estate that have propelled you to to where you are today and helped you learn and overcome?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, there, there's a couple of things. Actually, when you mentioned that story you were just telling, I, I posted on LinkedIn the other day a story very similar to what you were talking about, trying to be Excel at home and also at the office. And it's a huge struggle for some, for so many of us, right? And, and it seemed like it was something because a lot of people had energy and they were talking about that. The other thing as it relates to kind of what are some of the things that have happened? Well, of course, there've been lots of successes, and as you talked about, like, what are some of the things that didn't necessarily work so well? And and it doesn't matter where you are in your journey, right? I was working, having like living two lives for nine years, and there are kind of two things that stand out. One is in the very beginning of the journey that that really reminded me that I had a lot to learn, and then even recently, when as we're disposing of some of the assets that we have in or selling some of the properties that we have in, in in New Jersey, the first thing that happened to me was. I, I had a home inspection, right? Cause I was reading the books and I was going from the theory to practice, right? And and I remember buying this, was a it was a, a quadplex and the quadplex that we were purchasing, I think it was on the market for like 160 $160,000. We ended up buying it for like 135, something like that. And I had enough sense to actually get a home inspection done. And so I had the home inspection done and the home, cause we'd purchased a pr- property before, a duplex and then a quadplex, and this was the third Quadplex or the second quadplex, the third purchase in like 18 months. I continued to get the home inspections. I had the home inspection, but the thing is, I got the home inspection and I kind of put it to the side. I looked at it and put it to the side. Well, the the challenge that happens many times when you are having early success, Cody, is you get the early successes and then you just fall into a rut. And the third property that I purchased, we got the home inspection and, you know, we put it to the Reddit and put it to the side. And about a year later, Ended up having an inspection from the city and come to find out that there was increased damage to the roof, to like a side roof that we had on the back of the house. Well, when I figured that out, of course, my first reaction was, like, this can't be the case. As you know, we had the home inspection and all that kind of stuff. And so I'm, you know, hot, hot under the collar and I'm looking and all upset. And, and I go back and I look at the home inspection report, Cody, and it was clear as day that it told me that there were issues with the roof. And the problem was, I didn't take the time to read it. I thought that this was going to be just like the other two. I bought this, I read through them, and I got lazy. And because of that, it cost me, number one, it cost me probably in excess of $20,000. But worse than that, it caused a terrible experience for, for the resident, for the tenant that was living in the property it also cost me additional because i had to pay for that person and their family to be in a hotel while the time that we were actually fixing the roof that was the terrible part the negative experience for the tenant the cash outlay because it was you know it was part part of what we had i didn't have adequate reserves so that was another thing that you definitely want to you know you, you want to be able to do moving forward But most importantly, it was because I got lazy. And when I went back and I saw what was there, it was kind of like I was really, really, really upset with myself for having taken the time and made the investment for the home inspection, but not actually followed through enough to see what could have happened. Because had I read that and been understanding what was happening, I could have gone back to the buyer or to the seller, excuse me, and we could have looked at the overall purchase package once again, look at the different conditions or the price or whatever the case may be. So it was something that was definitely within my ability to resolve, and I just dropped the ball. And as a result, my tenants had a negative experience. It was additional cash outlay. That was the first thing. The second thing that I guess I would maybe add is just even recently, we were disposing of of selling one of the properties and because the market is a great time and we're looking for some, someone was coming into the market to purchase in, in a different city. And this was the second a quadplex that we purchased. Well, come to find out that there were some changes in the city ordinance and the type of duplex that I had was no longer recognized as a legal duplex. So we found a cash buyer that wanted to close in seven days, but the, the, to make the long story as short as possible, that cash buyer that wanted to close in seven days ended up waiting almost three months. It cost me well that time and probably about another six to $8,000 in legal fees just to be able to get the property rezoned, et cetera, et cetera, and that's something that had we taken stock in and maybe some of the communication that was sent by the city, we could have avoided that. But lessons learned, there are both things that you know, as a, as a result of going through those kind of challenges, you always learn and you're constantly improving what you're doing in your systems. But you know, I think these are two kind of stories that. I think hit the highlights to help people understand that it's not always positive stuff, but you, there's a learning opportunity in every unsuccessful venture, if you will.
0: Well, and I think that, and that's really the premise of the show, right? It, it, and is if you are unsuccessful, if you keep pushing forward and you learn from those experiences, then really, are they unsuccessful? You know, people could argue, but my my theory is that you learn from those, and you learn way more from pain and trouble than you do for anything else. So it's. If you're learning from those experiences, that's the best teacher. And I love your thought of theory to practice yeah. because I think a lot of times we think that these, this is how our OM, you know, or, or our underwriting, like that, and that's how it's gonna go. That's how it's gonna be for the people just getting into it. They're like, yeah, you know, I underwrote it this way. It's gonna go this way.
1: No, no, that is usually,
0: yeah, that, that, that may be a guide, but it's not, I can promise you, it's not going to, you're not going to hit all of that.
1: So yeah, it's like asking the person who's in the software business saying, Hey, listen, this is the way that we design a software. And the very first person that's going to go out and use it, it's going to work exactly that way. Mm, Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, I can
0: guarantee you, both of us being in that world, someone's going to use it in a way you didn't anticipate it, and it's going to break something because you're like, well, that's not what you use it for. Yeah, but that's (laughs) what our users want to use it for. Talk to me about, because I we all, we talk a lot about mitigating risk on the show. And I think there is some to do. You can do that and learn from those types of things from others. And when you're reading these and you're moving from theory to practice, but how do you balance if you're talking to some new investors out there moving from that I've researched, I've done, I've gotten all the theory and I'm moving into active or practicing management. How do they mitigate risk without mitigating so much risk that it makes them stay on the sidelines in your opinion?
1: Yeah. So there's so there's one thing that's like a super tactical action that I learned recently. So I'm just like sharing it all over the place. And remember, I'm a recovering perfectionist, a student. So I have a tendency sometimes to get in this analysis paralysis. So in order to break that, I found this great principle and the principle, if you're familiar with it, it's called the 40-70 principle. It was really talked about by Colin Powell. And he talked about anytime he had to made a, a, a make a major decision, what he decided to do was he, had an, he needed a minimum of 40% of the information in order to make the decision, and he wanted no more than 70% to make the decision, because if he had less than 40, that wasn't enough to be informed to make a decision, to take action. And if he had more than 70, then he was going to start to look for perfection, which meant the closer you look to perfection, the less of a probability that you're going to actually make a decision. So one is when there are things that are relevant, a decision that needs to be made, I'm working on really focusing on that 40-70 principle because I think it's one that is very relevant. Because at the end of the day, if you make the decision, it's the right or the wrong one in time, you're going to learn something. And so that's the one practical thing. The other thing to move from theory to practice is really get yourself around people who are two or three years ahead of you. Right. If you know that you want to be somewhere, then be a part of a group. I mean, now nowadays it's never been easier. Go online. And also, Cody, one of the things I say is you can do a lot of things for free. But if you want to accelerate getting to your goals, you're probably going to have to pay for something because that's where you start to really collapse timelines. You're getting access to people who are that are very, very conscious of the amount of time that they that they are outside of their team or outside of their family. And that's when the biggest levels of impact can happen. So I always say, seek out those people that are ahead of you where you want to be in two to three years, because you're going to collapse timeframes as well. So from a very tactical into things that you can do to actually start to move from theory to practice, I think both of those will be able to help
0: Absolutely. And we're firm believers. Listen, whether it's a mastermind group, a coaching mentoring program, or going to events, you know, I get, we go to a decent number of events, as many as we can. And a lot of people say, well, is it, was it a good event? I, I don't judge it based on the content that I got from the speakers. A lot of times that's great. I judge it by the, based on the people I met and I'm looking for the who's that are going to help me move the needle forward on what we're trying to do. So love that. Billy, I can't thank you enough for coming on board. Listen, folks, if you're listening or watching this at home, I highly recommend go back and listen to this again. Billy's dropping a ton of nuggets here. If you're looking to get into real estate, even if you've been into it and you've seen a lot of success, that's not always a reality for every property. So go back and listen to this one again. Billy has a lot of great things to say. Billy, for those that want to connect with you, work with you, invest with you, you know, in the future, where's the best place people can find you and connect with you?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, a lot of people right now we're focused on helping accredited investors, especially high wage earners that have issues with, let's say, active income or W-2 income. If they're interested in finding out more about what we're doing, you can go to first gen CP com forward slash invest is FirstGenCP.com forward slash invest. The website is FirstGen.com. And then Cody, you know this about me. I really enjoy engaging with people on LinkedIn. And I'm pretty sure that I'm the only Billy Keels in Barcelona, Spain. So you can take any of those three ways to, to get in touch. And also you can listen to the Going Long podcast with Billy Keels where we talk about being able to live in one place and invest in another.
0: So I'm going to, we're going to make sure to drop all those links in the show notes so everyone can find them and quickly access them. Please y'all reach out to Billy. He's great to connect with super knowledgeable, knows what he's talking about. So I would highly recommend checking out all his stuff that he puts out. So. Billy, again, thank you so much for joining. It's been honestly a pleasure having you on today.
1: Thank you so much, Cody.
0: Thanks everyone for listening, watching at home. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast with Cody Lewis. Be sure to subscribe today on your favorite podcasting platform so you can catch every episode of the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast.